the GMOs and the genetic engineering of our food supply have nothing to do with improved nutrition or any of those benefits. It's all about money, power, and control. Because if it were truly about improving everyone's health, they would just make it open source and give it away for free, but they don't. You are listening to The Dr. Haley Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you optimize your health. Each episode, there will be an interview or a message to help you discover better health. We will be featuring health radicals on the show to bring new ideas to the table, as well as doubling down on key fundamentals to support you living your best life. Your host is no other than the founder of Haley Nutrition, Dr. Michael Haley. Welcome to the Dr. Haley Show podcast. I'm Dr. Michael Haley, your show host, and today we're going to learn about some new challenges with the term organic and maybe pick up some tips on what to look for when shopping for organic foods. Today's guest is Max Goldberg. He's widely regarded as one of the most influential voices in the organic food movement today. He's been called an organic sensation by the New York Times and named as one of the nation's leading organic food experts by Shape Magazine. Industry CEOs have called his Organic Insider newsletter a must-read and required reading. He's been covering the organic industry for the past 13 years and also runs the Organic Food Industry Group on LinkedIn, which has more than 40,000 members from all around the world. A former Wall Street banker, Max received his BA from Brown University and his MBA from the Columbia University School Graduate School of Business. On a personal level, Max has been sober since 1999 and cigarette-free since 2000, antidepressant-free since 2001, a drug that he was on for more than a decade, pot-free since 2004. His meditation practice began in 1991, and since 2001, he's been eating close to 100% organic. Max, thank you for joining me on the Dr. Haley Show podcast. Dr. Haley, it's a it's a, it's a pleasure, and thank you so much for having me. And I'm really looking forward to our conversation. You know, I want to give a shout out to uh, Michael Saber from E3 Live for introducing us. Um, what a great guy! And he spoke volumes about you. So you know, uh, and we we got into a little bit of a conversation last week, and I said, "Wait a second! Wait a second! Wait a second! This is too good. You're telling me things that I didn't know about, and I want to get it recorded." because I don't want to miss any of it. And I know that my audience is going to feel the same way about it. And they're going to be glad that they can go back to this and share it with their friends. Um, one of the things we were talking about was the word organic. And, you know, I guess that word has changed over the years. Is that true? Well, it's a, it's a term that's legally uh, defined and regulated by the USDA. So when a, a, a company... People, I often hear, well, anyone can slap organic on, on a label and, you know, it, that's not true. Uh, this is a term that's regulated by the government. And if you put uh, organic on the label and it's not certified by a third party, you know, you, you, you can be you can get into trouble. So this is a term that's regulated by the government. There are rules, there, there's regulations, there's there's certification, there's enforcement. Um, it, it's not a perfect system, and, and as I'm, we'll, we'll get into, 
but this is a this is a term that is is highly regulated by by the US government and one of the things that people um may not know is what the studies what the uh, the, the most recent gro- grocery shopping trends report said is that people are searching for the term natural as a, as a label in the supermarket more than they're looking for organic which is is unbelievable because natural represents it's not regulated there's no definition of it there's it's it's no enforcement and yet consumers think natural is actually better than organic and that is absolutely not the case yeah, I've heard someone say that, you know, uh, plutonium is natural or something like that. There's a lot of natural elements that are very dangerous and harmful. So natural really doesn't mean a whole lot. <laughs> um, so exactly. what should we be looking for then, like on, on packages and the various uh, certifications? Which ones are the higher standards? Which ones are lower? And um, and, and sometimes there's foods that don't have labels on them. I I eat out of my own yard. I have aloe vera growing. I have avocados. I have, uh, you know, mango. And and in Florida, we pick off the trees and we eat. They're not certified organic. What should I be looking for in the food? And should I be concerned when I'm eating food that isn't labeled organic? Well, you know, farmers markets, what I, I go to farmers markets two to three times a week. And I try to buy from certified organic farms. Now, there are times when I'll go to a farmer's market and the farmer will say, uh, I'm not certified um, for whatever reason, These the cost or they have some philosophical issue with the USDA, but they'll say, we have uh, organic, we we farm organically. We incorporate all of the organic farming practices, but we just don't have the the, the seal, the certification. Um, and they may say we're we're beyond organic. And then there are times that I'll go to a farmer's market and they'll say, yes, we're 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 not organic and we actually do spray. So I find that when you go to the farmer's markets, um, they actually more often than not, they'll, they'll tell you the truth. Right. So it, I will buy from a, a, a farm uh, at a farmer's market, for example, even if they don't have I do like to support the certified organic farmers. But if I go to a vendor and, and they say, you know, uh, look, we don't spray, we don't use any of the, the, the pesticides or chemicals, no GMOs, um, I would, would buy it, but I do prefer to buy certified organic. And I think when you and I initially spoke, um, it was the same question to you. You said, no, we don't have the certification, but we're not spraying anything. It's grown, you know, in the Caribbean. And the, so in, I, I'm drinking your product. Right. And so- but I think people do want to look for the certified organic seal, and especially in in the supermarket. And if a company does not have the organic seal, you know, you want to contact them. And the other thing that I always tell people is, um, what we really need to do is we need to be asking organic brands, "Have you tested this for chemicals, for pesticides, for glyphosate?" Now, what is glyphosate? Glyphosate is the primary ingredient in Monsanto's Roundup. And glyphosate has contaminated the organic food supply. This is something that a lot of people do not know. They think, okay, I'm buying organic. It doesn't have any chemicals. Yes, it's not. Chemicals are not allowed, like glyphosate, are not allowed to be sprayed on on organic crops. But these chemicals have contaminated the organic food supply. So there's something called the glyphosate residue-free certification. It's something that I'm involved with. And 
what it is, it's a third-party certification. They have certified that the products, they've tested the products on a quarterly basis, that the products do not contain this chemical glyphosate. So what I tell people, look look for that seal as well. And what I, what I tell people is we have to demand that our brands, our favorite organic brands, are testing for heavy medical, heavy metals, chemicals, things like that. So people should be looking for the USDA organic seal. The non-GMO project seal is another popular seal that you want to look in conjunction with the organic seal. It's a mistake to say, oh, it's got the non-GMO seal. It's everything's fine. No, non-GMO, the non-GMO project seal means at no, no GMOs. It doesn't mean it hasn't been sprayed with glyphosate with atrazine, with chlorpyrifos, or any of these very super harm, harmful chemicals. So you want to be looking for the organic seal. And if it's got the um, non-GMO project seal alongside of it, that gives you more reassurance because the organic seal does not test for GMO contamination. Yeah, And that yeah. is a problem as well. Now, I want to just mention two other um, um, certifications, uh, Dr. Haley, is that there's one called because there's been a lot of criticism of the USDA that they're not enforcing the rules. They're and we'll get into this. They're allowing something called hydroponic, hydroponically grown crops. That is illegal in organic, but the USDA is allowing it. Mm. So there are two add-on labels that I am very optimistic and very excited about. One is called the Real Organic Project. And the second is called Regenerative Organic Certified. So what are these? These are add-on labels, which means the product has to have USDA organic seal as a baseline. If it doesn't have that, they can't get these add-on labels. So these add-on labels go, they get added on. They get, they're, they're added on top of these labels per se. Um, regenerative Organic Certified is a regenerative organic certification that takes into account soil health, worker family, uh, work, worker welfare, and uh, uh, worker fairness and uh, animal welfare. Those are the three pillars. And it was started by Dr. Bronner's, Patagonia, and Rodale Institute. Rodale Institute is a nonprofit in Pennsylvania. It is the um, where the organic food movement started in this country in the 1940s. Those three organi organizations started it. I think they have over 100 brands right now that have gotten certified. And this is the new gold standard in organic. And the other one is called Real Organic Project. And that does not allow um, factory farms in organic, which the USDA is turning a blind eye towards. And it does not allow hydroponics. And that is primarily a farmer label right now. It is in the process of becoming more of a consumer one, but people are going to see the regenerative organic certified label more in the supermarkets than they will the real organic project label. Mm. But if you want to find the highest quality organic food, you look for these two seal, these two uh, products that have these two um, uh, seals on them, regenerative organic certified and real organic project and hopefully in the show notes you can put um uh links to both of those so people can can find them and learn about them because in my view these are the two uh labels that are going to save the organic movement yeah you know i absolutely will include that in the description and in the show notes and on the blog page in various places uh, and why we're talking about links and other sources 
for those that have a short attention span, get over to organicinsider.com. Hit the green button on the top right. Well, that's where it is right now anyway. Uh, yeah. I don't know where it'll be when by the time someone's hearing this message, but subscribe to the newsletter and you'll be caught up on all the latest, right? You keep us all up to date on what's happening in the industry. You were telling me the other day about uh, a, a kind of like a new type of GMO, so to speak. Yes. What's going on? Okay. There is many people know about GMOs and that's traditionally the GMO corn and soy and canola oil. And they've introduced, um, um, those are those are the traditional ones that people know about. Those are the main ones. What they're doing now is they have something called gene edited foods. This is sort of the next generation of GMOs. And this is something people really need to understand because I think this is the single biggest threat to the organic industry and it has not hit mainstream at all. It is just really beginning now. So traditional GMOs, say GMO uh, corn, how it works, how these GMOs work is the following. It's what they do is they genetically engineer corn, the seed, so it is resistant to Roundup, to glyphosate. So what happens is the farmer plants the corn seed, sprays the glyphosate and all, you know, glyphosate, it's, it's Roundup resistant. So the farmer sprays Roundup on the corn and it kills all the weeds around it, but it does not kill the corn itself. It is genetically engineered to be resistant to this glyphosate. So those are the traditional um, GMOs. The next generation and what they're doing is they take DNA from one organism and insert it into another one, into the into the corn seed. So they're taking the DNA of one organism, putting it into another organism. That is transgenic. These next generation GMOs are gene edited, which means that they're not taking DNA from one organism, putting it to another. They're just going into that seed and rearranging the genetic code. So hmm. that is called gene editing where they're going in, they're at, they're moving stuff around, they're silencing whatever they're doing. And, and they're making changes to the gene code to have different expressions. So they are doing that with pigs, they, the gene-edited pigs. Everything's going to be gene-edited. All the animals will be gene-edited soon. Wow. And with uh, a company um, called Pairwise, which is backed by Monsanto, just released their gene-edited salads. And I believe it is a, a, uh, a mustard greens, so it won't be as bitter. So these will not be labeled. The USDA is not requiring them to be labeled. And in Canada, they the government there said that they are not GMO, even mm -hmm. though these companies are using genetically and ge genetic engineering, using modern biotechnology tools. The Canadian government said that this is not GMO. Hmm. So people have to be super aware of what's going on. And I foresee a time when all the restaurants, you know, not the organic restaurants, but they're not that many of them. Uh, this will be in restaurants. This will be in schools. This will be in food service uh, operations. And people will have no idea. And what's going to be sold to them is say, oh, we're going to have uh, more nutrients. And we're, they're going to sell them on these on these on these potential benefits. 
Hmm. And what people are, we're not going to know what the long-term human health risks are. And these gene edited crops out in the field, they could very well contaminate the organic farms out there as well, because we know things like GE canola has certainly contaminated the organic farms. So this is a massive, again, these are people who are playing God with our food supply. This is not crossbreeding. This is genetic engineering using bi modern biotechnology. And these are engineers who are deciding how they want the the, the evolution to, to proceed, not based on what could occur naturally in, in nature. And I did a story, um, a few years ago with the guy who invented, I interviewed, it's on Organic Insider. You can, people can go look at there. Uh, I interviewed the guy who invented the genetically engineered potato. Hi, it's Dr. Haley interrupting this program to tell you that the one thing most people can do to dramatically improve their health is eat more fruits and vegetables. We are supposed to be consuming about 10 servings of fruits and vegetables every day from all the colors to support our health, and most people are not doing that. Head over to HaleyNutrition.com and try the Iogreens vegetable and fruit powder. They're called Iogreens, as in I agree with you, because you'll agree after trying them that something has been missing, and this one addition is meeting that need. If you're catching this program in June of 2023 and head over there right now, you'll be glad to see the price reduced because I want to help you make that change. Now, back to the show. I interviewed the guy who invented the genetically engineered potato. It's a genetically engineered potato that doesn't bruise. And so this guy had real regrets many years after doing all this work. And he goes, why are we changing things that have been around for thousands of years? It's it, it, we, we have these 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 plants have these express these certain traits for a reason. And what he said is he goes genetic. And not only did he say that genetic engineering, there's bound to be mistakes, but he said it's like editing a book in in a language you do not understand so it's like you you or i editing a chinese book and we have no idea how to speak mandarin or cantonese that that's what he said it was like wow it's like editing a book and you do not understand the language yeah you know I, i'm listening to this and i'll tell you what what's going on in my head because looking at this from a logical standpoint talk about a potato that doesn't bruise um what is a a bruise an injury and and somehow that changes naturally and and it might even become uh susceptible to um you know possibly microbes uh but that would indicate that it was a real food that's perishable why would these other things not be bruising or changing uh, it concerns me and i i'm thinking that you know well i've i've heard that there's places that will only buy potatoes without spots because they don't want to serve french fries with dark spots in them, you know, or whatever the case is. Um, I can see where this would make it into our food supply, and we don't even know what those differences in the actual food are. How are they, you know, not susceptible?
find really amusing is we're hearing about AI and all these Silicon Valley people are warning about what could happen. Where are the warnings for the genetic engineering of our food supply? And these potentially, I wrote a story about a month or so ago about something called genetically engineered microbes. And this, it's frightening what could potentially happen with if this gets out into the wild. So there's tremendous concern about AI. Where's the concern from Silicon Valley about the genetically engineering our food supply? The reality is this. The the GMOs and the genetic engineering of our food supply have nothing to do with improved nutrition or any of those benefits. It's all about money, power, and control. Because if it were truly about improving everyone's health, they would just make it open source and give it away for free, but they don't. And it's all about patents and privacy and lawsuits and enriching uh, patent holders that's what it's about. So when people every day we get we get to make this choice two to three times a day, however many times a day people eat, we can have our money directed towards organic farmers who are who are doing things the right way, who are not using the chemicals, who are who are supporting local communities, who are not spray, not exposing our farmers to super toxic chemicals. Or we can support the companies that are uh, the GMO companies where it's all about patents and privacy and secrecy and um, uh, um, inventing food products that have never existed in in, in the food supply before that do not exist in nature and enriching Silicon Valley investors. That's what it's all about. So consumers every day have a choice. Do we want to support the patent holders or do we want to support the organic farmers who are doing who who are supporting the soil and keeping keeping farmers safe by not exposing them to super toxic pesticides? You know, uh, supporting the soil. Boy, you know, think about the people that are spraying the fields, killing all the weeds because, you know, well, they found this one particular weed that was resistant to glyphosate injected in all these foods and now they're spraying the fields not only killing the weeds but the microbiology and the things that make the soil healthy we've ruined the soil with chemicals and now we have to add fertilizers to the fields to make the things i mean it's crazy what this is doing to our planet and our food supply so man i hear you uh wow um, so, yeah, I mean, getting back to that, I think people really need to reevaluate how they look at food and organic food in terms of the constant complaint I hear is it's just so expensive. And and I know that there, that there are times that it is more expensive. But as you know, uh, food is not cheap. I mean, the food is medicine and we need to be thinking about, and when I first got into it, and I think when most people get into organic food, it's all about me. I don't want to put toxic chemicals in my body. And then over time, what happened, you know, as I started writing about the industry and really getting involved is saying, no, I, I don't want my money supporting these companies. I also want to support the farmers that uh, are not you know, spraying these toxic chemicals on our soil and keeping the the farm workers safe. So the extra money is actually going to make uh, to to have a positive impact on our planet and our soil. Yeah, yeah, you know, or the there's the herbicides, there's the pesticides, and we're killing our bees and um, so much more. Is there any like source 
for knowing what foods have been either genetically modified or genetically edited? Is there like a database where, you know, when they make this change, that has to go into the database? Or is it just right now uh, free for all? Um, well, the there there may I don't know of an I mean people could, there's a there's a, a nonprofit called the Institute for Responsible Technology and that's probably and and then also the non GMO project those two those two sites are probably the best resources for people um, the non GMO project is that's what the the butterfly seal on you'll see on all the packaging they have three full time researchers keeping track of all these next generation uh, GMO companies. Okay. That's, yeah, that's that's so probably I would say those two websites will have the best information. Non-GMO okay. project and Institute for Responsible Technology. You know, we all know to look out for corn. Uh, you know, the flagship GMO uh, food out there. What are some of the other big ones where, you know, chances are it's modified if it's not organic? Uh corn, canola, um, sugar beets, uh, soy, soy is the big one. Potatoes now, now you've got these genetically engineered potatoes that don't bruise. Apples have now become genetically engineered. Those are the big, those are the, the big ones still are the corn, soy, canola, sugar beets, um, and um, um, uh, canola, Um those are still the big ones. So, but these other gene edited foods are coming. So like if you say, if I go to a conventional restaurant right now, am I going to be eating gene edited foods? Probably not. I, I would probably, I would say definitely not, but these things are coming, but there is there, there actually, let me take that back. Uh, I wrote about this company that was doing gene edited uh, oils. And uh, so you just really, it's, it's those oils that, uh, the, that, that are really problematic when you go out to eat. Okay. Um, scary stuff. You know, I, I know you have a limited time right now. I want to go back to, uh, switch gears, go to something else, because, you know, I mentioned that Michael Saber introduced us and, uh, you know, I love his E3, uh, brain on algae who doesn't like, uh, more brain power, but he mentioned that you're doing something with algae. Yes. It's a company out of uh, Canada, and they've come out with the world's first certified organic omega-3 DHA from algae. And so they have, the company has a, a gummy product out on the market yet, and hopefully soon they will have the uh, powder available for sale as well. It's not available just yet, but it's called Eversea. You can buy it on Amazon and or the, the company's website. And um, that that's the product that I'm super excited about it. DHA is arguably uh, one of the most important supplements that you can consume. And the amount of research on omega-3 DHA is off the charts. There, there's a ton of it out there. So this is not just me saying it. People can go look at, um, at the research out there. And a study came out uh, a few years ago and said high levels of omega-3s can increase longevity by up to five years. And uh, arguably the best of these uh, omega-3s are DHA. I believe it has the most research behind it. And there's ALA from hemp, chia, and flax. 
but only about five to 10% of that gets converted to DHA, DHA and the rest is used for energy. So um, a lot of people get their DHA from fish oil. Fish is not certified organic and they, uh, they're using solvents, hexane and other solvents to extract the oil. And also if you're buying non-organic um, DHA from algae, they feed the algae synthetic vitamins and minerals. So there's a reason that these this DHA from algae is not organic. Okay. So I'm I'm guessing then I guess fish get their DHA from eating the algae. Yes. And this product, how we we're getting the DHA straight from the algae. Straight from the algae. And it's grown in a way that's organic. And that's how we know that it's gonna be, you know, mercury free and it's it's certified organic in the EU and by the USDA, and it's been tested for heavy metals. It's glyphosate residue free certified. So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah that it's sounds great. I, I know that um, the omega threes there, you know, the anti-inflammatory system. I was told that we're actually consuming about twenty to one um, of the inflammatory omegas versus the omega threes, and we need to get that ratio back in check by having less grains and and more of the DHA. Um, so that we're, our bodies aren't as inflamed and it's, you know, better for our cardiovascular and our brains. And um, so a lot of good stuff there. And, you know, I've been consuming um, E3 Live for years uh, now <laughs> just for the, you know, the, all the benefits and the the anti-inflammatory benefits, benefits, the brain support, absolutely wonderful stuff. Definitely. Um, in your bio, let's yes. uh, let's talk about Max Goldberg a little bit. You went through some significant life changes, probably starting about, well, and in, then in I think it was 1991, I think you said you started doing meditation and over the years uh, broke some bad habits. Yes. W what happened in your life? Why the change and how'd you get to where you are now, Max Goldberg, the leading authority on uh, organic foods? Well, Dr. Haley was uh, not 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 in a path to organic right out of college, but uh, you know, during college, I well, I did start meditating in 1991, and also before that, um, maybe about six months before that, I was going through bouts of depression and went on antidepressants. So in 1990, I went on antidepressants, and what it actually did to me was it started to numb me emotionally. Uh, you know, really, maybe it took a year or two. Uh, and I, and then I moved to New York City, I went to work in investment banking, and it really started to numb me emotionally. And I started to drink a lot. Uh, because that's when I felt the most alive. That's when I felt free, and developed a really bad drinking problem. And then one thing led to another. And I was putting myself in some very dangerous situations, uh, my, in terms of my personal safety. And then in 1999, uh, I ended up quit, I, I quit drinking. In 2000, I quit smoking cigarettes and I used to wake up at 630 in the morning and smoke Marlboro Reds. Mm. First thing I would do is jump up out of bed and smoke a Marlboro Red, run to the kitchen. And uh, so I quit cigarettes in 2000. I quit uh, almost 11 years of antidepressants in 2001. And then I quit smoking pot in 2004. So I've never relapsed on any of them. I've been you know, sober for, it's coming up on 24 years now. Um, so I made a lot of changes. And during that, during that time in 2001, when I found, uh, when I decided to go off antidepressants, that was when I found organic food. And ever since then, I've been eating close to 100% organic. 
And several years later, I had a guy who wanted to back me to open up a chain of coffee shops, essentially Starbucks, but organic. I went to work at Starbucks for, for three months to learn the business. And I said, I don't want to be in the coffee business. I had just I just uh, previously was working at a software company and we'd raised $20 million. And I, and I was like, I, I don't want to have to beg for money for, for from people anymore. So I decided not to do it. And I just, I said, I'll probably just end up being a organic consumer for the rest of my life. And I didn't know that all these trade shows, industry trade shows existed and whatnot. Several years later, blogging um, starts to become very popular. And I was in Boston at the time and someone told me, he said, you know, this big organic trade show is going on right now. I had no idea. I got the number of the woman who ran the press room. Uh, I got her cell phone and I told her who I was. I said, um, and I said, I don't have a, I, I said, I'm going to start this organic food blog. I said, I don't have a website. I don't have business cards. I said, I have nothing. Can I, but can I come? And she said, sure, come, come by. So I went and had the, the best day of my life. And I realized that this is really what I wanted to be doing. And that I started the blog, uh, Living Maxwell. I got some good press in the, in the New York Times. And, and what I would do is, Dr. Haley, I would just show up everywhere. I was living in New York. I moved to New York City and back, back to New York City in 2010 and would literally show up everywhere, every event, every party, everywhere. And the organic scene in New York City at the time was real, was, was burgeoning, was really getting popular. There was this juice bar, Organic Avenue, and that was really getting big. And Juice Press, which I'm sure many people know, was just starting. So the community, the organic community in New York at the time was 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 growing and um, there was a lot happening. And then I would go to the industry trade shows, Natural Products Expo East, Expo West. I would just go to one, one trade show after the next. And then people just started to um, recognize me and and I just, just I made a decision that I was going to make myself known in the industry. And so I just would show up everywhere. And then I think it was 2012 was when the big GMO labeling uh, movement started to take off, particularly in California was Prop 37 uh, to make uh, mandatory to label GMOs. And that became a huge issue within the whole organic industry. And I got involved uh, I, uh, with a friend of mine. We put on fundraisers. I was involved. I participated in marches. So I really became much more of an activist in the movement during that time. And, and then a few years after that, in 2016, what I realized was many of the CEOs I would talk to, they didn't have any idea what was going on politically in the movement. Half of them didn't know what glyphosate was. And they were really busy running their companies and running an organic food company is very difficult. Um, and so I said, but but I knew they were all interested in what was going on. So I said, if I could put together a newsletter and if it would take five to 10 minutes to read, and if they actually read it, they would have a good idea of what was going on. So that was how Organic Insider was born. It was initially behind a paywall. And I said, we've got to get rid of the paywall. Um, and make it available to anyone because as many people as possible should have this information. Yeah. And um, and it's it's a, it's 100% ad free. It's completely supported by individuals and companies who want to support the work. And 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 that's that's kind of how the uh, my organic journey evolved. Now you mentioned another site, uh, so that your primary site is organicinsider.com. Should that be the one stop, or are there other places they should go to find more, like uh, YouTube or anything like that? What's your is everything on Organic Insider? It, it, uh, 
that's where the bulk of my energy is is focused right now is organicinsider.com. So people should definitely go there. If yeah. they're, you know, people really need to know uh, about what's going on politically. They need to know what's going on. If if you really care about organic, we need people involved. Yeah. So you need to know what's going on about, you know, politically from a regulatory perspective. Um, I think people, it's essential that people are involved. And that's what I covered. That's really my focus, organicinsider.com. And Instagram is um, at living Maxwell. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Um, is there anything else that I didn't ask you about that you want to get out on today's message? Um, I, I think the, you know, one thing that is of real concern is what's going on we we are facing the, the the pressure that is being that organic is facing i'm not sure people realize just how severe it is i think people may say i'll just go to buy my organic at the farmers market or at whole foods and i'm doing my part and we as i just mentioned we need people involved because there's a movement to really wipe organic off the map. And so what do I mean by that? Well, we have USDA officials on the record. You can go to Organic Insider and and, and it's there. A former USDA senior official testifying at a congressional subcommittee hearing saying we should be considering gene editing inorganic. Hmm. We have there's something called the National Organic Standards Board. This is a 15-member board that makes recommendations to the USDA secretary about rules, rec uh, regulations, ingredients, processes, things like that. There are I've interviewed them. There, it's on my site. Two members of the NOSB are not happy that we are not discussing the possibility of G G GMOs in organic. So for people who might be listening to this say oh gmos will never be inorganic it is absolutely not the case the first thing to get gmos in organic is to have it being discussed and there are people who are discussing it it's on a congressional it's it's on public record usda officials saying we should be considering gene editing in organic so this is the first step to get gmos in organic and then if you go to the big trade show which is called natural products expo west at the 2022 show last year, at the keynote address, again, if, if people are interested, go to organicinsider.com, look up Expo my Expo West recap in 2022, and you'll see it. At the keynote address for Organic and Natural during the show, the people got up on stage and said, the only way we're going to feed the world is through lab-grown meat. That's GMO meat, genetically engineered meat 2.0. That's at the largest organic trade show in the country. That is what prop that is the propaganda we're being sold at an organic trade show. And when I was at the show this year, I moderated a panel for GMO 2.0 and the and the pro GMO people in the audience were furious because GMOs uh, pro GMO um people were not represented on the stage and we were distorting the truth and hurting the environment because we were not promoting GMOs. This is what's going on at the world's biggest, at the at the country's biggest trade show. So, um, yeah. and 
the organizers, the only reason we didn't have pro-GMO people up on the stage was because the non-GMO project paid to put this panel on. The organizers did not did did not pay did not voluntarily put this panel on. So um these these are the kind of pressures that we're facing um that organic is facing. So if there's one takeaway is is people really need to be involved. And if you have kids, I mean, I, I, I'm very concerned about the next generation, what the organic food supply is going to look like for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to continue to vote with my dollars and um, continue to ask questions about where the food's coming from. When you were talking about the farmer's market and asking the questions and that they would tell the truth, you know, I think back when I, it was a green market, not necessarily a farmer's market, but uh, I asked the guy with the vegetables, you know, what's the difference between this and what's in the grocery store? He said, perception, you know, think about it, ask the questions. Okay, where what's different about your produce you know, uh, how are you growing it? Are, are you using chemicals? Um, you know, so I agree 100% with you. Vote with your dollars. It is absolutely critical for the future. So, yeah, definitely. And and I just want to reiterate, you know, some farmers might not true, tell the truth, but I've had many farmers who do tell me that they use integrated pest management. And I think the big thing to say, to ask the farmers, what I would say is, do you spray? So I think if that's maybe a softer way to approach it, and if they say, do you, do you spray? And then they'll know, they'll know what you mean. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and I think, and I think more often than not, they will tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And then look them in the eyes and if they answer and look away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, Max, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and uh, providing all this valuable information to our audience. Well, it's it's been a pleasure, Dr. Haley, and I really appreciate you having me on and any opportunity I can to speak to people about, you know, what's going on in the, in the organic uh, food industry. It's it's uh, I really appreciate the uh, the opportunity and I'm and I'm a huge fan of your aloe vera product. I had some about a half hour before I came on. Uh, awesome. Thank you. Me too, actually, about the same time. <laughs> um, all right, people, check it out organicinsider.com go there hit the green button if you haven't yet subscribe to those newsletters i did all right thank you max thank you i hope you enjoyed that episode today on the dr haley show make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this if this episode made you think of someone go ahead take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them you can catch the show notes for this episode on www.drhaley.com. If you want to geek out with Dr. Michael Haley on other radical health topics, be sure to check out his YouTube channel where he posts exclusive video content. All the details are at www.drhaley.com and we can't wait to hang out with you on the next episode.